Good evening and welcome to Saints Live, the final whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali. Well, a disappointing night in the northeast for Southampton as they exit the Carabao Cup in the semi-final to Newcastle 3-1 on aggregate. Now, joining us again, we have Dean Hammond and Paul Belverson to analyse the game. Belvers, a nightmare start, but a much improved second half for Southampton just wasn't to be in the end. Yeah, there were a couple of chances where things could have turned couldn't they but uh, ultimately I think it's it's a real shame I think there'll be a lot of questions about the starting formation sadly because it's widely known that that fans aren't fans if you like of, of three at the back there have been all these suggestions stories rumors leaks that the players aren't greatly fond of it either Nathan Jones really wants to play three at the back he's got a lot of convincing to do they've played this hybrid system in the in the past he went with three at the back today which was very brave and unfortunately it didn't work especially in the first half and then there was a real mountain to climb I think you know there were a lot of comments that uh, on social media and in a few whatsapp groups I'm, I'm a member of that you know really feared something terrible after 20 minutes and credit to Southampton they, they really got in Newcastle's faces gave it a good go got themselves back in the game they were up against 10 men at the end and you know the two and a half thousand fans who, who made that extraordinary long journey up to Newcastle on a on a Tuesday night I don't think they'll have felt too let down by the the last 70 minutes or not let down at all really it's just a shame that after everything we said absolutely guarantee Nathan Jones said it before as well stay in the game early on Southampton didn't do that and you know, no team is going to score three times against this Newcastle side at the minute. Dean, I know you'll be just as, as disappointed as, as every Southampton fan watching. What did you make of the game overall? The same as, as, as Paul's just um, said there, really. Ultimately, the game was, was won and lost within the first 20 minutes. Um, Newcastle, give them credit, started quick, really positive. Um, quick one and two touch passes, one second balls. Just the intensity was was too much for for Southampton in in those sort of first moments, really. Um, and the first goal just really put Southampton on on the back foot. And then the second goal, very very difficult to come back from there. But the positive is, and the credit to Southampton players, they dug in and they responded. Uh, they responded to the disappointment um, and they got a really really good goal back from from Shay Adams. And then again, what ifs really? The moment of you know Adam Armstrong, if he can score that and put that away, then it's a little bit more nail biting. It creates anxiety. We we talked about uh, Newcastle go down to ten men, so, but it's ifs and buts. Ultimately, Newcastle over the two legs were better. We just you just have to say that really, and probably deserve to to go through. But it's, it is, like Paul mentioned, there will probably be a few questions to, to Nathan and his coaching staff regarding the shape. But you have to give them credit. They responded and reacted. I thought his substitutions as well that came on had an impact on the game. Didn't wait. He responded and made changes, which is, which is brave and um, good coaching, really. But I think he'll be disappointed that um, he, pro he believed before the game that shape would work and probably caused Newcastle some problems and frustrations but it didn't it really didn't but going back to that 4-3-3 Southampton much better in possession created more chances were able to press better were able to put Newcastle under a bit more pressure but it wasn't to be um, so credit to Newcastle and, and good luck to them in the final
Well, before we discuss today's match in a bit more detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Let's see what happens. The players are out, as you can hear. Play on, says the referee. He's Trippier, right-hand edge of the penalty area. Short pass, back to Longstaff. No shot! And Newcastle score after just four minutes. And he's played it past Rizunu. And Saints allowed Newcastle to pass the ball around on the edge of their own penalty area. Back inside to Bruno Guimaraes. Fades the pass, then passes brilliantly. Second shot wide. And Longstaff almost had a second as he teed it up for his own volley. Now, nice one-two again from Joe Ellington. And Willock, and Willock can attack. Lianco comes inside, plays a reverse ball to Almiron, squares it, it's 2-0! And Longstaff does have his second. Yet again, timing his run into the box brilliantly. Sean Longstaff. Worth now, make the that's system given work. away by Newcastle. Suddenly, on the edge of the area, Shea Adams hits an absolute smasher! Pass Nick Pope. It's the first goal he's conceded in nearly 10 games. And from out of nowhere, Newcastle gave the ball away and Shea Adams got a set of goal he needed. That's a great ball, fantastic ball. And Armstrong there got his chance in the middle and it was saved by Pope and the flag didn't go up. Now Bruno can look up, drive towards the D, still going. Left foot shot, just off the outside of the post, I think, and behind. Ward-Prass, that's a good ball. Ladozzi's got him behind Bruno. Then he's lost control. The referee says that's a foul. And this time he is booked. Finally. Oh, that is nasty. And he's going. Bruno sent off. Big header away. Back to Lavia. He tries to shoot. Another great block. And that is it. Newcastle are going to Wembley. Elvis Dean just said there that the game was won and lost inside that first 20 minutes. Obviously, we went 2-0 down in that period. That wasn't the start at all we were hoping for. What was it that Saints really struggled to get to grips with early on with Newcastle? I think you've got to accept the occasion was was enormous. And St. James's Park is one of those stadiums that's famous for its atmosphere. And on any given day, then on a night game... It cranks up another level for a semi-final, another level again, and then they parade two new signings just before the the kickoff. So the fans were, you know, making an extraordinary noise. The players responded by coming out of the trap so very quickly. Their some of their passing was so slick, so clever. Their movement was good, and Saints looked like the three at the back system clearly isn't sort of very natural to them yet. They're getting to grips with it. Last time out, the first leg, we said before the game, the problems were down the Southampton left. They, uh, you know, Almiron, Isak late on, they, they caused all sorts of problems down that side. Today, the, the initial problems all seem to come down the right. Um, the Lianco and James Bree on his debut, though that sort of partnership didn't gel from the off. And, you know, the, the other thing that they were very good goals. The two goals that were scored were, were very, very good goals. There were a couple of elements that I'm sure, well, I know for a fact that the coaching staff will point to and say, look, Adam Armstrong, for example, you've switched off there, you're with your man, and then you've let him go. Uh, Sean Longstaff has just played a one-two as he's gone to collect the, the return ball. Armstrong just hasn't hasn't tracked him. He's gone in the area and he's, and he's scored. And... 
you know the, the second goal again and there was a let off as well um, uh, in between the two goals Jan Bednarek made a good block but you know there were there were issues with perhaps not closing down quickly not anticipating all these things the again the 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 second goal very slick passing very good finish again from Longstaff and um, and things needed to change and that's where the credit has to be given to the manager because he changed things throughout the first half half time again and Saints grew into the game the big problem was that they uh, they had a disadvantage already from the first leg and no wriggle room as soon as you're you're chasing the game like that Newcastle so well organized so well drilled such quality players they're third in the Premier League for a reason they um, you know they know what they're doing so uh, it was very very hard for for Saints to get back into it they gave it a good go though well, just when we were starting to worry that Newcastle would be running away with it, Shea Adams pops up with a stunner, Dean. Where did that come from? Was it a, a hit out of frustration? <laughs> Maybe, Steve. It's, um, that's typical Shea, isn't it? But he scores some wonderful goals. He really does. It's it's brilliant technique from him. It's completely instinctive. Um, first, The first touch from him is excellent. And then it kind of sits up lovely and he, he kind of half half ball is it so true skids off the surface no chance for for Pope um, but a brilliant strike and that is that is Shea at his best we've seen him do that many times for Southampton he scores some wonderful goals some spectacular goals he just needs to add those the simpler chances um, to his to his uh, goal scoring ability and he'll score lots more goals um, but it came from just Southampton being a little bit more direct if I'm honest um in the in the three five two formation, we were trying to play short, playing out from the goalkeeper, going to centre half, going to the full back, and it just seemed a little bit too easy for Newcastle to to press Southampton. It seemed a little bit predictable. I think Paul was right. The occasion maybe got to one or two of the players. They weren't quite mentally there, if I'm honest. I think they they looked a little bit distracted, sloppy in possession, giving the ball away. Uh, movement was a bit slow for each other, so. There was no uh, combinations. But then we went a little bit more direct. And that's where the golf came from, really. P- being able to play in Newcastle's half. Yes, it comes from a sloppy pass from Willock. Um, but, but Shea capitalises on it. And it's, it's a brilliant finish. So the frustration will be, um, and it's easy in, in hindsight, is, will be the shape, really, um, and how it didn't work. But like we've just said, uh, Nathan reacted and made the changes. He wasn't stubborn in that. He saw that it wasn't working and he, he changed things and then made substitutions at half-time as well. And it, it did get better and better. It was just an uphill battle, really, and just too much for, for against a team that just don't concede goals. They don't really concede chances, let alone goals, except for the, um, the Adam Armstrong chance. I can't really remember too many other Pope saves um, or opportunities. So credit to Newcastle. But it just came from Southampton being a little bit more direct, playing in Newcastle's half, and being able to press for a more structured shape to to force Newcastle into mistakes. Well, Belvis, let's talk about the changes that Nathan Jones made in that match. Of course, none of us wanted to see Carl Walker-Peters coming off injured, but the change in formation and change of personnel certainly seemed to work in Southampton's favour. Yeah, it is a worry, that injury. It seems to be a, a hamstring and... You know, they can keep players out for uh, significant lengths of time. He has been one of 
the best signings in recent times. You know, three years ago this week, Carl Walker-Peters has been so reliable, so very good at both ends of the pitch. And as we've seen, he can play on the left and on the right. Um, so, yeah, we wish him a very speedy recovery and hope it's not too serious. The going to the 4-3-3, as Dean said, Saints just looked a lot more comfortable. They had an awful lot more of the ball. I think the stats suggested 65% possession, something like that. Now, there is an element of um, of Newcastle sitting back and protecting what they had involved in that. But Southampton did look an awful lot better. The the sort of the the disappointment, if you like, is the number of chances that were created from all of that possession. It is very difficult at St James's Park against such a good team. But you know, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what happens now moving forward. How often that three at the back shape is is utilised again? When you know so, there is going to be a lot of pressure from the outside. There's a lot of um, sort of basic evidence pointing to the fact look Saints look good when they're playing 4-3-3 it looks a struggle playing 3-5-2 but every manager will tell you that versatility is so important and you're coming up against different teams every week different strengths different threats and if you have some different weapons up your sleeve and and players who are comfortable playing in 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 different uh, formations and systems and asking different questions then you're going to be a much bigger threat yourselves and have a better chance of picking up vital points. Um, you know, so it's good that you know there is the 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 four three three formation that that looks promising, and you know that will still be utilised. Of course, other things need to improve though. Now the chance of the second half fell to Adam Armstrong. A lovely pass from Romeo Lavia, I believe Dean putting him through. And it was a bit like Shea's opportunity in the first leg where we were just left saying, if only that had gone in. Exactly, Steve. It would have been a brilliant time for, for Southampton to score. I think there maybe would have been 15 minutes left if um, Adam Armstrong had, had to put that away. It's a brilliant pass from, from Lavia um, and I thought we had a very good game when, when he came on. He was able to get on the ball and dictate a little bit more. Very comfortable in receiving the ball under pressure and it would have been a big help to have him on the pitch in the in the first half really when Newcastle were pressing um, Southampton with such intensity. But it's great vision, um, it's a great pass, he lets the ball run across his body, uses his left foot. And again the change of shape I think helped Adam Armstrong because he could play wide to come narrow and that helps that movement so he becomes a little bit unsighted it's great movement from him he has a really good first touch i was watching it uh, in slow motion on the replay and he actually looks up and he sees nick pope coming but nick pope comes out with such pace and such intensity and he's such a big guy it's really difficult to lift him over him you could question it i remember the commentator um, was saying that you know adam armstrong could have gone round him taken another touch but it's so difficult at, at that pace, really. And, and Nick Pope, such a size. I think Adam Armstrong probably does the right thing. He just can't quite execute it enough and can't quite get enough height on it. Because if he had gone round Nick Pope, I think Trippier was recovering, so he may have been able to get a block on it. But it's that, I suppose it's those vital moments are the difference, really. Southampton in many games have these moments. Shea Adams in the first leg when he's through one-on-one. If he scores that, is it a different game? Adam Armstrong, if he scores that chance, does it give Southampton some hope to come back in the game? 
that's the difference at the highest level and and the top quality players. Every player that plays in the Premier League is an outstanding footballer. But then you have the next level above of the exceptional players that when they get in those positions, they just seem to be able to make the right decision at the right time, be composed and slow myself down and, and kind of slow the whole game down to see where to just slide it. Do I go around the keeper? Do I lift it a little bit higher? Um, so it was good goalkeeping by Nick Pope, but it's just those small margins that are not quite happening for, for Southampton at the moment. Well, later, VAR intervened when Bruno Gimaraj went studs up on Samadozi's ankle. Belvers, presumably no complaints from you on that one? No, I think um, Bruno was a, a little bit unlucky. It was quick feet from Samadozi. Um, he just got there first and, and you know, Bruno Gimaraj put his foot where the ball was. And it, I mean, look, if he was unlucky... In a way, um, Adozi was very lucky that he could get up and carry on because that sort of challenge you can very easily see an ankle being broken. So it uh, it was the right call, but I think that interesting that they uh, VAR sent the the ref to the to the screen and he he watched it about seven or eight times. It, it felt like and uh, you sort of thought, is this another VAR call that's going to go against Southampton? But in the end, the right call was made and. It was a crucial time of the game. Ten minutes to go. There's time for Saints to get back into it. Just a couple of minutes before that, Gavin Bazunu had pulled off a terrific double save. Long star from long distance, full stretch, Bazunu flying, and then from the rebound, Isak at close range. And that gave you a flicker of hope. You thought, well, if Longstaff's shot had gone in or, or the rebound, then the, the red card wouldn't have mattered down to 10 men free kick in a decent position not you know it's anything around there it's very dangerous with James Ward-Prowse over the ball but you thought you know perhaps the skipper can conjure up another bit of magic it wasn't far off but unfortunately Isak uh, got his head to it and you know the um, that crucial chance then after that ne never really materialised but uh, that again gave a flicker of hope it was the right call Ultimately, doesn't matter. James Bree made his debut for Southampton tonight. Dean, what did you make of him? I think he grew into the game. I think he got better, um, especially in the, in the second half. I think he benefited again from the change of shape, more playing naturally more as a, as a right back than than a wing back. I think he probably openly admit he he was surprised at the intensity of of the game. Um, that would be the first time that he's. I assume that he's played at this level in a, in a game of this size um, away at Newcastle in a semi-final. So it, it kind of was difficult in the first half for him down that, that right-hand side, Newcastle's um, left-hand side. They were very, very good in Willock and um, Joel Linton combining really, really well, um, were really, really direct, um, were quick and direct running in behind. Um, but he grew into the game. I thought second half, he looked comfortable on the ball. I thought we combined well with uh, Sam Adozi. They had some moments together. He put a couple of lovely through balls through where Adozi got um, out on the outside of Dan Byrne and looked like it could be a penalty but gets a cross in. He put a couple of good crosses on and just grew into the game. So it's good. You can see he's a quality player. You can see he's a good player. Um, and it, again, it will take a little bit of time to, to bed in and to, to understand what it is to play in the Premier League. It's very, very different from the Championship. It is a step up. 
but he looks like he's got the attributes. You know, he's a good size. He looks like he's quick. He's comfortable on the ball. Um, so, look, it's a great experience for him tonight. He'll be disappointed that he's been part of a losing team, like all the players will. Um, but it's his debut for the club. And I think he'll be a good signing as, as he comes and, and, and he beds in. And he's important now with, with Carl Walker-Peters. You know, if he's going to be injured, James Bree's going to get a long run in the team now. And he can slowly grow, uh, get used to the players, get used to how Nathan wants to play at Southampton and grow as a player. So he done better in the second half. Uh, but the first half, I think he found it a little bit challenging at times. Well, let's hear from Nathan Jones now. Here's what the Southampton boss had to say after the game. Nathan, is that just a case of having given yourselves too much to do after the start of the game tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you, you can't start and give them, you know, you're 3-0 down in terms of effectively. We got to go back and then we were much, much better after that and we changed and we were really positive second half, but we just gave ourselves too much to do and, and you can't do that here. These are a good side. They're, you know, they're one of the meanest defences in the Premier League, if not the meanest. Um, but we've tested them, we've, we think, so that that's a positive to take out of it. Congratulations to Newcastle. But we give ourselves far, far too much to do. Well, Belvis, attention now turns to a big game at Brentford on Saturday. How are you feeling ahead of that one? I was at Brentford against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. Blimey, they were very good that day. And again, the atmosphere is something else. At uh, at the G Tech, they uh, they put on a show, and you know they made Liverpool look very ordinary um, in that game. And it was a game without. Ivan Tony as well, you know, for a while it looked like uh, he was absolutely crucial. You know, you keep Ivan Tony quiet and, and Brentford struggle, but Johan Wieser came in that day and they, they looked tremendous. Um, from a Saints point of view, I think back to last season, you know, the the first game of Sport Republic was, uh, was a home game against Brentford and what a wonderful win that was. The away game was uh, was a low point, was, was perhaps the the start of the end for Ralph Hasenhutl. It was a, a very poor day, that one. I think Saints can go there. I think there have been enough positives from the last few performances that suggest Saints could go on a little run. The big problem at the moment is, and it's no surprise with a team down in the position that Southampton are in at the moment, it's consistency over 90 minutes. There, there are some very good spells in matches at the moment. They've got to capitalise on those and then when the other team have their spells, not make mistakes, not concede, just just hang in there or, you know, be strong, be together and, and see those spells out. Um, Saints have shown they've, they've got good chances in them. They are going to keep creating very good chances. They've got to start taking those chances and, you know, just be a little bit more solid at the back at times. But, you know, they have given... Newcastle two terrific games they you know Newcastle had some good chances in the first first game in the first leg at St Mary's they had fewer good chances I'd say in this one and yet they've won it 2-1 and again take a bit of confidence from the first the first goal that Nick Pope has, has conceded in in 10-11 matches um, it's going to be hard right now to feel there are a lot of positives if you're in that dressing room or on the coach home or the plane home, whatever it will be. But, you know, I think all managers spend a long time in video sessions with players now after matches. Nathan Jones is going to be able to highlight a lot of areas for improvement, a lot of areas, though, which could have turned games. And 
you know, Saints go up to, to Brentford, bottom of the Premier League, out of the League Cup now. But there were only a couple of little slight, uh, it wouldn't have taken a lot for them to have been going up to Brentford off the bottom of the table and in the League Cup final. And, and that's, I think, you know, you do need a bit of positivity. You need to be realistic and you need to recognise where you are and, and, uh, and all of that. But also, you know, grasp grasp those positives and build on them. Mm, well, Brentford are having a decent run in the Premier League, Dean, and are sitting eighth in the table. What are your early thoughts ahead of that match on Saturday? It's, this is a tough game, but I agree with everything Paul's just said there. I think um, I think it's really important that Southampton get something from this game against Brentford. Whether that's a win or a draw, I think they need something. But they continue the performances. I think the players will have a very good idea of what is Nathan expects of them now. The players look fitter, they look up to speed, um, and they've put some really good performances in of late. You know, this, against Aston Villa was a good performance. The first leg against Newcastle was a very good performance. The second half, probably the, an hour today, was a very good performance. So, Paul said it's there. It's when Southampton are performing well and having those moments, they need to score. And when they're having challenging periods, they need to stick together and be able to keep a clean sheet in, that, in those periods. That's important as well. Find that clean sheet. Find a way of keeping a clean sheet because we're not prolific at the moment. We're not scoring a lot of goals. So it's really important that we're defensively strong. And we'll need to be that against Brentford. Uh, we will because they're an excellent team. We've had a very good season, sitting eighth in the, in the Premier League. Very good home team. But it's Brentford. They're beatable. Southampton have shown they can beat anyone this season. They're competitive against anyone. It's just putting... He's scoring some goals in those moments. And Nathan's a good motivator. He'll get this group together, he'll keep them going, and he'll know that uh, they'll know what is expected of them now. So it's a game that they can look at and a game they can get something out of, definitely. Dean Belvers, thank you. Always a pleasure to have your company. They're brilliant, aren't they? Well, as we've mentioned, we return to Premier League action this weekend. We'll be live before that Brentford game this Saturday at 1.45. Do make sure you join us then. See you soon.